Romans 38, 8. And it reads, I will no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So as you can see from the scripture, I'll be speaking about love. This was one of the themes that we had at convention, and I thought it was appropriate to speak about it today, just to kind of go more into it. And I think love, love is a very beautiful thing, as you can see in the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Um, it's a very beautiful thing, but we tend to make love very difficult, and we may tend to make love very stubborn, because we are the stubborn people. And we are made in God's image, and God is love. But we've seemed to fall off track of what love really is, and who should we be taking that source of love from? Um, we tend to give love and expect it back, and we think that when we give love, we receive it back, or if we don't receive it back, we tend to give it back with anger, or not want to help that person anymore. And the only love that, was, that is guaranteed in our lives is God through prayer and worship and the word. And love is more than an emotion and a feeling. It goes far beyond words. Love becomes a choice. And it, it's where we introduce our actions. And it's great when we love someone and that person loves us back, but that feeling isn't enough. It's not the proof of love. The proof of love is our actions. And love is very misunderstood because we give standards to love. And we shouldn't give standards to love. We put love on a pedestal and we choose where to position that pedestal. But love is only one. There's only one standard of love and it's the love that God gives us. Because God did the greatest thing of all to show us that love. God and his son Christ, he gave us his son to die for us. And that's a great example of the love that he gave us. And God loved us before we loved him. So we should love people before they love us. Because before we knew him, he gave us the greatest gift of all, which was Jesus Christ dying for us. And every day we have encounters with people that are in need of help, or um, we need to learn from them. 
but we harden our hearts because we're expecting something back. Or we think, is this gonna benefit me? Do I have the time? Do I need to? There'll be someone else. And we need to know that God places people in our lives. And I'm a big believer that God places everyone, good and bad, in your life, whether it's to help them or for you to learn from them. And we need to know who he places in our life and why he's placing them in our lives. But because we don't see this because we put up the standards and the standards are like a block wall just in front of us. And it's very, very obvious, but we still don't see it for some reason. And we tend to go ask God and make up reasons and go around and make excuses as to why we shouldn't share our love. We say this person's too hard. I've tried God. I can't do it anymore. It's causing me pain. But the person who feels the greatest pain is God because when we don't abide by the law, he feels that pain. And he feels the pain for everyone. We may feel pain just for one person, but he's got billions of people to share that pain with. So we seek to minimize God's standards of love, to abide by us, to be more manageable to us, so it will hurt us less. And we end up creating loopholes and we end up creating excuses after excuses after excuses when God never creates an excuse. Jesus never created an excuse. And I think we need to revise on that as to why we are making these excuses and as to why we are hardening our hearts. Because when you do harden your heart, it just pains you more. If you've noticed, when you are mad at someone or angry at someone, because either you're trying to help them or they hurt you, the more you hold on to that anger, it's burdening you and not the other person. Once you let yourself go and release yourself, you have a peace of mind. Like God says, he did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of power and of love. We need to embrace that. So I thought I'll share some experiences that I had where I had to come, overcome um, the anger and just spread it with love. And one of them was, the biggest one was my journey to Christ, to God. And it was with my family and my parents. I was not, I was an outsider. I wasn't um, brought up in a practicing Christian's home. They were Christians. But I found myself wanting to close in myself. But my parents were very, they weren't as supportive on the idea. And they thought that I had to prioritise them over anything that I had done in the church. Because there are a lot of sessions that go on here and I was very keen to come and be involved and get to know everyone and learn more about the word. Because I was eager, my heart was eager. And I wanted to know more. So they, they got very jealous up to the point that they didn't, they didn't come to my baptism. Um, I was very upset with that, however, I had the support of a lot of people around me. And I was very angry for months because they were meant to be my support system and I was relying on them for a lot. I was relying on them to support me with this journey, to love me through this journey, but I forgot that they don't understand the journey that I'm on. And I was just giving back what I was receiving. However, I was on the journey to being a better person and being a person in Christ. But I wasn't doing what he was telling me to do. So I realised that I was relying on the wrong person. Um, 
I've learned one from person for support and encouragement and love for this journey. And one of the scripture verses that helped me helped me a lot was in Psalms 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. I carried on with that verse till today, but I started this journey about three years ago or two and a half years ago. And I always repeat that scripture verse in my head, it never leaves. So I, I stopped explaining myself and proving myself with anger to them. And I changed my life completely. I prayed in class and I asked what to do. So I thought the best way to do it was to overpower them with love. Amen. So I took time to prioritise them, well not prioritise them, but adapt to them and adapt to whatever I've done in that church. And I'll just try to be the best daughter I could be. And um, as we started rebuilding our relationship, which took a few months, they then left, they live in Scotland, so they then left to go to Scotland. And true story, I gave them both a Bible and I said to them, the love that I've given you and the change that you've given me has come from this book that I'm giving you now. And, and I figured that all they needed was an understanding of what makes me happy and where the joy, I became more of a joy to be around. And I was finding my identity and it made me laugh consistently. And so today we have a really good relationship. My parents asked me about everything that's going on. Um, they're really proud of me, so I think the overpowering of love, I have to stop being like them and being stubborn like them and just show them what God is really about. God is about giving love. So that's what I should show them because I wanted them to see Christ through me. I need to, because love draws in people. Love draws in people, so they need to see that through me. Um, another example, that was like a family example. Another example was um, when I was in sixth form at college, um, I had a friend that was a really close friend of mine and they hurt me twice. The first time I forgave them and I tried to help them through it, the second time was really, really painful, it involved family and I was really broken and I just thought, there's no way I could forgive this person anymore and I think I became the most angry there for months on end. I just became really angry towards everyone. I think I distanced myself as well from my journey. And I think someone spoke to me and said, that person isn't, doesn't realize the path you're on. And they haven't experienced that yet, but you're experiencing it now. And you're feeling this pain towards this person. And it's just, just as easy that it's to keep this pain, it's easy to let it go. And once I did let it go, I felt such, I, I felt renewed, I felt fresh, I felt peaceful, and it was like the best feeling ever. I was just making myself miserable, and it was unfair. But I also realised that, how do I expect to be forgiven for my things when I'm not forgiving someone else? How am I supposed to expect love from that person when I'm not showing them love? It didn't make sense. and. I had to really mediate and pray about it and just think, I can't say I'm a child of God and love him and all his children. It was words with empty meaning. So I thought I have to love this person even if they seem unworthy of their love because I might have been put in that position as well in the past and I would have known about it. So um, 
I sat that person down um, and I said that all these things that happened, I'll forget because it's only causing me pain. And if she ever needs me, I'll be there for her. And I can say that if anything was to happen, I would die for that person. Because I don't, I actually do not hold any anger because the anger that I was holding towards her was anger that I was holding towards myself. And God placed that person in my life to say, you need to show her that love that no one has shown her yet. And she has learned from those mistakes. And I learned my lesson, but I shouldn't be hard on my heart to people that I think are unworthy because I'm unworthy myself. None of us deserve for Christ to die for us, but he still did. So why should I be the one to hold that grudge? And I realised that you sow what yeah, you reap what you sow. So I was sowing into that person's life. And it was my decision to say, do I want good fruit or do I want bad fruit? Am I gonna harvest good fruit? Am I gonna harvest bad fruit? Um, so yeah, you have to be very careful on how you show this love because you are creating a harvest in that person's life and how they go forward. And we should be setting examples to how being in the church and how being in the family, the congregation is. We can't be going outside, be doing anything or showing anger or showing impatience or doing things for yourself and then come back and say that you love one another. Because it's not just through emotions. It's great that we love each other, but those words aren't going to be enough. It does become a choice whether you love that person or not. And I chose to love God, so I chose to abide by his law as well. And I think that we should all approach him in confidence and in freedom and just be free and walk firm in your identity that you are a child of God and that you need to show that love and because God is love that's like the highest pedestal I think love creates your identity to be honest because that's the foundation of it I think it creates your identity because you can't do anything else joy is an emotion happiness is an emotion anger and stuff like that they're all the negatives so love love is God so embrace that and for that said I think we need to stop limiting who God has called us to love and the resources he's given you. Don't limit God because you haven't got enough time. Don't limit God because you're not willing to help. Don't limit God because you just can't be bothered or you just think you're not strong enough. Because it's not your, it's not your strength, it's God's strength. And we all know that. So I think the limits have to go and we have to refuel our love. Just like a car can't run on empty fuel, and you can't trip the car with putting water in there saying, yeah, let's go for a run. You can't depend or rely on someone else's love to fill you up. And the true source, the true fuel is God. And I'm gonna read the last scripture verse that says First John 4.16, and it says, and so you know, and rely on the love of God for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is there.